Welcome to the Joy Felipe Bruce podcast. Sister Joy Felipe is a daughter of Bishop Dag Heward Mills and the senior pastor of the Fountain of Life Cathedral of the United Denominations, originating from the Lighthouse Group of Churches. The Fountain of Life Cathedral is a thriving church of young, energetic people full of life for the Lord. Sister Joy is also an itinerant minister of Dag Heward Mills Ministries. She travels extensively, holding pastors' conferences and bringing ministry-related books by Bishop Dag Heward Mills to the nations. She is the evangelist of the Blessed Salvation Crusade. Now be blessed and refreshed as you listen to this inspired message by Sister Joy. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's time for testimonies. Amen. 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 Today we have three powerful testimonies and I want you to listen to them and be blessed. Amen. The first testimony is from Pastor George. Amen. Amen. From the Fountain of, Fountain of Life Cathedral. Cathedral. And he has two testimonies. First testimony is about divine provision. Amen. Let's hear it. During the flow prayers, our prophet told us to increase our Pray, to pray for increase in our bank accounts and to believe that God is increasing our money. I believe that the prayer was for me and I prayed it hard. Later, I called my dad to discuss something unrelated to money. I already had some money which was enough to carry me for some time. So, getting to the end of our conversation, he just said that I'll be sending you money. May, you, may people just be sending you money? I was a, a bit reluctant, you know, sometimes you have to pretend like you don't need the money. But I said, okay, and at the end of the day, he sent me some money. Then the next day, my mother also called me and said that she's also sending money. Everybody say, hey! hey! I was very surprised because every time I ask her for money, we always negotiate and agree on an amount before she sends it. But this time, the law was turned around and she just sends me money. May you receive money from surprising sources. And the second testimony is also about a divine surprise. Everybody say, divine surprise. Divine surprise. I visited my father after the lockdown and when I was leaving the house he told me that I have to start learning how to drive everybody now if you are here and you don't know how to drive I think that it's a good time to visit your father amen let's go and just walk around him and ask him a few questions about the car and things because listen to what happened after he, asked, he told me then how to drive after I told him I wanted to learn how to drive he just gave me a car and told me to take it and learn everybody say yeah yeah, yeah. May you receive a miracle car in Jesus' name. Hey, me now, I'm tapping seriously. I've learned how to drive, but the car hasn't come. Amen. Pastor Joe wants to tell the church that let's believe in the words of our prophets and let's take the flow prayers very seriously because wonderful things will happen in your lives if you do. Amen. Amen. Now let's have our second testimony. Our second testimony is from Tracy Moore. Amen. And it goes, my name is Tracy Moore from the Tech Credit Center. And my testimony is how I received miracle money from an unexpected source. As I said, unexpected miracle money is coming your way. Says, on Saturday, I was texting friends and I received some mobile money through World Remit. Everybody say World Remit. I was wondering whether it it could be for a friend whose father sends him money through my account. But this was not the case. After many inquiries, I concluded an angel sent it. And I paid my tithe and sorted myself out. Receive money to sort yourself out. It wasn't until one of the word online services that I received a message from a childhood friend saying that he sent me the money to chill. 
I'm really tapping. Everybody, you see, money to chill. Money to chill. Then her second testimony, hey, today is a day of double testimonies. Says, on one other occasion, I had no airtime at all. But by Thursday night, I received 50 Ghana cities of airtime. Really amazing things are happening. Tracy wants to tell the church that she is really blessed to be in this house. And she will encourage you to listen and partake in the flow services and in the communion prayers and receive a miracle blessing for your life. Amen. 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 Our third and final testimony for, for today is from Karen upon Pepra. And it reads, My name is Karen and I'm a dancing star in the Sun City Center of the Fountain of Life Cathedral. My testimony is about how my father survived a near-fatal accident. And it goes, My father decided to travel one evening where prophet had prayed for Jenny's. Unfortunately, he was involved in a, in a car accident on his way. His car collided with another vehicle. But by the grace of God, everybody say, by the grace of God. He had only minor wounds. But all those who were in the other vehicle were admitted in the hospital. He is perfectly fine and she is grateful to God. And I, want, and I want to say to the church that take the prayers of our prophets seriously. They are preserving our lives by the power of God. Amen. May your life be preserved this week by the power of God. May the lives of your family members be preserved this week by the power of God. Amen. put me on a bus to Kumasi and when I was going she put a stamp on me that says to be delivered to Lady Reverend Joy Bruce at the time and I must admit that since then my life has changed it has gone only higher better academically spiritually financially personally and I mean for me and many others we were supposed to have ended our lives in Kumasi about a month ago but by the grace of God, coronavirus has come around and we have one more chance to listen to this anointed man of God. So if you are as excited as I am, put your hands together as we welcome to the prophet, our mother, our pastor, our teacher, sister, Joy to the priest. Hallelujah. Wow. It's amazing to think that this is the final or almost final service for some people who are finishing school and that maybe as you have noticed this morning everything has been done by final year students so you want to put your hands together for them amen wow and i want to thank god for bringing you my way in the four years well four years for some six years for some depend Tell your neighbor, you, what course are you doing? Maybe yours is six months, but 
some people have come to school for four years and some for six years just lift up your hands let's worship the lord for a little time as this word comes holy are you oh creation mm, worship him a bit KNUSD. I pray for them, Lord, that as they move on, they will move with you. May they not backslide as many before them have in the name of Jesus. Take them on the way, oh God. Keep them on the way. When we meet again one day, whether it is on the earth or whether it is in your presence, may it be to rejoice because we have stayed with you and we have done better than we expected. I thank you for each one of them. I thank you for the blessing of their lives crossing mine. I give you all the praise, Lord, in Jesus' name. And all the saints shall say, Amen and Amen. God bless you. Now, don't take your seat at home yet. You remember I told you that today is Father's Day. I don't know where your father is in the house, but I want you to go to him today. I want you to just say, Daddy, thank you. Thank you for everything. If your father is somewhere not where you are, take your phone, send him a text. Thank him for being the one who has caused you to come to be. Hallelujah. Thank him for everything. For the things that have been easy and the things that have not been easy and bow your head down and let us say a prayer for fathers on this father's day father thank you so much that you are the ultimate father but you gave us earthly fathers also to speed us on our way and to help us along our way 
thank you for every father. Thank you for all the fathers of our lives. Our biological father. Thank you, Lord, for every biological father. We pray for your blessing, your grace, your help upon their lives in the name of Jesus. Lord, they give so much and they receive so little in return. But I pray, oh God, that because of us, the children who have learned to turn around to say thank you, Lord, that their hearts will be lifted up. Thank you for every spiritual father and every father in the ministry, those who have drawn us to you and who have taught us about you and because of whom we stand strong in Christ. We are grateful for each of them. And we pray today, Lord, that you will bless them, oh God, that you replenish whatever it is that they have used in bringing us up as spiritual people. I thank you for every father, everyone who substitutes father, the one who stood in when our biological fathers could not, the one who took us and taught us truths, Lord. We thank you for every father on this Father's Day. We honor our fathers, oh God. We will not be the generation that will despise them, Lord, because your word has taught us to honor them. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. God bless you. Take your seat. Wow. Well, it's good to be here on another Sunday. And we're going to continue sharing from the book, Those Who Accuse You. Those Who Accuse You. This is our third week on this book by Bishop Dag. A book full of scriptures and it's teaching us some things. Amen? Amen. What do you think? It's teaching us some things. And every week, I take one chapter and just open it. We don't have much time to go through every single step. But I pray that as we open it and I just preach a few points, it will whet your appetite to go inside and go a little deeper. Why? Because of Revelations chapter 12 and verse 10. Let's read it. It's the central scripture around which this book has been written. And I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, now is come salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ. For the accuser of the brethren is cast down, which accused them before God day and night. Hey, <laughs> there is somebody called the accuser of the brethren. And some of us, we try to help him in our in life. His other name is Satan. Another name for him is the father of lies. Another name for him is that he comes as an angel of light, but he's not. Yes, he has many names, but the one that is almost like the killer dose is when he comes as the accuser. Why? Because when he enters into a system, some things happen, salvation stops. Their whole church is nobody has been saved in the past 10 years. And the reason is because the church members are accusing one another. Then the church members are accusing every leader. Then the leaders are accusing the, the priest or the pastor. Then the priest or the pastor is accusing those who are over him. I mean the whole system is riddled with bullets of accusation. And under that kind of circumstance, nobody is born again. Nobody is born again. Who wants to live in a place where knives are? I mean, you enter a place and knives are being... Hey! You just <laughs> protect yourself and take some back steps and say, please, not at all. I don't want to be here. And so nobody gets saved. That's why I'm saying it's a killer because 
as soon as nobody is getting saved the number of people in the church begins to decline even if the current generation stays there nobody is added so over time it goes down it goes down the bible also says that when the accusers are moving and when accusation is moving strength leaves there are people who god gave serious serious talents to come and do things some have not been able to even start to fly off the ground because of an accusation yeah just an accusation you are just trying your best too one of the interesting things i notice is that people who do nothing accuse a lot be why you as you are there as you are there you are doing exactly zero so if somebody gets up and the person is doing point one is point one not better than zero so you that you are there you were accusing somebody the person was playing drums you don't play anything <laughs> you don't do anything no it's very true you know there's a young people's church we have dancers hey they accuse us they accuse us hey they play worldly music in the church then you see you have not even paused to look at what is happening and as you are accusing i need you to understand that by means of these dancers we have brought far more people to christ than we did before as soon as we get to a place in the crusade and the dancers come one to dance a crowd amazingly when they stop dancing the people don't go away they stay they hear preaching they give their life to christ you that you are sitting on your sofa who has pointed your finger even this morning accusing them or accusing us what have you done where are your credentials where are your badges where are your salvations what are you hey such is the effect of accusation such is the effect of accusation strength leaves you will see that somebody will even come the person is excited and happy to hear help and is doing things until the accusers arise suddenly the person is like hey it's okay let me leave it it's all right i didn't mean it i didn't want to get into trouble and then everybody sits down doing nothing my goodness gracious me the accuser attacks the kingdom of god the body of christ and the power of christ is not manifested and so that's why we are taking our time and i'm trying to take you through chapter after chapter i introduced you to the accusers in the first week last week i just shared with you a few hidden laws of accusation a law is something that is there it's a principle gravity is a law if you go up you come down doesn't matter your color your creed your face your gender nothing if you go up you come down no matter whether you are a, a life thing or a dead thing if you go up you come down are you there and so i shared some laws with you today i want us to move on and we're moving to the third chapter of this book to just look at what is the aim of the accuser what is the aim the aims of the accuser i cannot go through all of them because there are a lot there are about 15 of them <laughs> some of you can already smell the soup in the kitchen and <laughs> you are trying to do <laughs> so i will just introduce you to enough of them to whet your appetite to make you want to go and see the rest what is the purpose what does accusation achieve 
the accuser why does he make somebody accuse another person what is his aim aim number one to degrade the person to degrade the person you see if you are somebody that people accuse a lot one of the things that happens is that it affects your self-esteem a child who grows up in the house always hearing accusation has no confidence at all there are many things the child could have done but the child cannot arise above the accusation yeah you are like this you are like that you are a witch you are a very bad boy you are a bad girl look at how this accusation and when it goes on for a while the person even loses the zeal to do well yes if you are a leader anywhere and you use accusation as a true tool to control your people let me just tell you that you are not getting what you should get out of the people because of your accusation it doesn't matter whether you are working for the lord whether you are a pastor whether you are the head of an industry whether you are the head of a ministry a head of a few people if accusation is what you use because some people think that the accusation will make people strive to do better it's never true they give up and they decide that what's the point is to degrade you and to make you feel bad and that is why strength goes away i hope you're understanding what i'm saying some people feel that christianity is a religion of sorrow you should see their face your desire is to remove the smile from the faces of people so as soon as you see people smiling there must be something wrong and then your criticizing abilities arise when you hear the children sitting in one place laughing you have to go and spoil it with an accusation hey i don't know who i'm talking to today yeah it's, it's, it's a very very serious thing and so if you are in a place where you are the leader and somebody continually accuses you I beg of you sack the person oh cry the bible says you should cast out the scorner and strife will go there are people who accuse you hey. won't get there but I can tell you that some people their presence is an accusation some people their absence is an accusation and you are leading people and then you call the leaders to come for a meeting and then some people don't come it's an accusation it's saying something about you it's saying something to you it's a message it's not it is not nothing and if you continue you'll find out that you have less and less strength and enthusiasm for that meeting because the absence of people is saying something the absence of some people some particular people is saying something hey can you do your wedding without your mother day? Her absence is saying something. Hey. Hey. Your mom is not, if I let's say your father, because today is Father's Day, he says, I won't come. His absence is an accusation. He's not the priest who will do the wedding, no, but you, you realize that you can't. You can't. Maybe he's not even in a position to even contribute to the thing, but his absence is speaking. And in the same way his presence is also speaking yeah when he comes his presence says i approve i approve it doesn't matter whether i had money to fund or not that's not the point but i'm happy about this thing and so i am here but when he also says i won't come hey just say i've dashed you my daughter she's not worth much to me hey oh 
I don't like that ragamuffin she's marrying. It's saying something. <laughs> Amen. So the first thing that accusation does is to degrade you, to make you think less of yourself than you ought to think. I want to read a story that Bishop Doug puts in this book, which I think is so revealing. Allow me to read it. I'm saying allow me to read it because I've been accused before. That eh, you are just coming to do this thing to read to us. It was an accusation and it almost stopped me in my job. Yes, but I thank God I didn't stop. He says, I remember when I began our church, I was accused of several things. I was told you have no business entering the ministry. You are not a pastor. You are a medical student and nothing more. My own associate pastor questioned my calling. My associates and church members would have discussions to analyze my preaching and my calling. Some said he is not called by God, while others said he is called. I was so scared to preach on Sunday. I mean, how can a pastor be afraid to preach in his own church? Such is the effect of accusers. Because you know that as you are going, the accusers are there. And they are watching to get more upon. Hey! Hmm. Look, at, look at what he says. He says, my critics and accusers would line up and sit on the second row to assess my calling. So my hands would shake as I held the microphone. Look at the effect on a, of a very powerful preacher. Thousands of people listen to him every Sunday. But there was a time in his life when the accusers reduced him to a shivering. Imagine I'm preaching to you and there. <laughs> hey, why are some people are in the second row? <laughs> I see, I see some of the people here who are helping the service. I see them delivering themselves from second row. They are saying, hey, I don't want to be here. <laughs> but listen. Then he said, I experienced tremors. Do you know what a tremor is? It's a level of shaking. Tremors as though I was suffering from Parkinson's disease. Have you seen some people? The shaking is involuntary. It's like, yeah, it's a disease. It's a sickness. Usually, usually, it strikes older people. God forbid, it doesn't strike so young. But he said, here he was. He was a young man, oh. 27, 28 years old. 26, 27, 28. Yeah, and he was... <laughs> just like how some final year students who had presentations, hey, as they stood to present... Their, their voices were, uh, good, good morning good, meanwhile you oh, you are not like that this is what was happening why his accusers were there ready with their pens to mark I'm reading while I preached one look at their faces was enough to dry up my mouth there would be no more saliva in my mouth and I'll need to drink water desperately to moisten my mouth. Otherwise, my tongue could not, no longer move within my mouth. Sometimes someone will have to get water for me urgently during the sermon. And I was also accused of being interested in the girl who gave me, gave me the water. Oh, man. You have made me shiver. You have made me shake. You have made me tremble. So now my tongue is sticking to my mouth. I said, please, somebody bring me some water. That one too. That one too. Have you seen how merciless accusers are? 
They said, one day I had a vision. I saw myself in the boxing ring, boxing away against an opponent. I suddenly realized who I was fighting with. A prominent lady, a prominent member of the church. Hey! The Lord revealed to me that this person and some others were fighting against me with their tongues. And he said to me, cast out the scorner. It's a scripture. And strife and contention will go away. I did exactly that. I dismissed the leader of my accusers. He went out of the church. Most of the accusers left as well. And after getting rid of the accusers, I became stronger. This is the biblical teaching. Yeah. You see, when you say cast out the scorner, people begin to say, you are very wicked. If you like, keep the scorner. Keep them. If he had kept them, I promise you, you will not have been here today. You who's watching, you will not have been watching. Those of us, the thousands of us who queue every Tuesday, Friday, we are following, we are praying, lifting up this nation. All that will never have happened because of a bunch of accusers that you have said you cannot cast out. You, have, you know more than God. Keep them and see. When you get to heaven, you account for your ministry. Oh yes, you will account for every talent that God has given to you. Yes. No, are you there? You see, people get a certain view of, of Christianity that is not biblical. Uh-huh. A Christianity that is not preaching dormatitis. That be a dormat for everything to roll over you. That's what? Dormatitis. 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 It's not preaching dormatitis. No. The fact, that, the fact that we are supposed to be kind and loving does not make us dormants. Jesus was never a dormant. Never. He was never. And he was the one who taught us that a prophet is not without honor except in his own home. That's why you don't preach in your home. Yeah, most of the time you see that in order when you become saved, in order to be saved, you realize that you have to expose your siblings usually to somebody else. Yes. Because they will accuse you. Oh, you are you not the one we saw you last year? You were following this, this, and this, and this. Now, this year, you say what? Some of you, you should get off that your class page. Accusers. Yeah, you got to exit. For as long as you are there, you won't do well. Because many times when God is going to do something in your life, He actually separates you. So, what you are doing doesn't make sense. Oh, you don't understand what I'm saying to you. I came from a school. I went to a school where the most important thing was to look pretty. The most important thing was to have a good shape. The most important thing was to have a boyfriend. And I had none of the above. And God separated me. Oh, yeah. And I began to be interested in what I was learning. It was a separation. And the accusers. Hey, the accusers. One day, <laughs> I had finished my first degree. And I was as poor as every other human being in the system. And so I was standing, you see, in the 90s, this way in the 1980s when life was very difficult in Ghana. And so I wanted to go somewhere. As usual, it was very usual not to have the pocket money and not to have the means to go. You either start footing or you can stand at some places. Sometimes you get a lift. So I was standing at a place. Then a schoolmate of mine was driving a golf. In those days, when you were a girl, a single girl driving a golf, it also had a meaning. meaning. Yeah, there were some ladies so she came and she stopped by me as I sat in the car I said Lord Jesus I'm dead I need this lift but I'm dead hey! accusations those of you who know Accra 
Rage Circle to Legon. I was accused and insulted from head to toe. Look at the shoes you are wearing. Look at the shoes you are wearing. You say that you are going to go and, and follow this God and study and do what? Look at it. Me, I went to the school. I'm, I'm, you see, I'm okay. Hey! You follow your accusers. By the time I climbed out, if I don't even know which legs I used to exist from the car. You know the ones where your head is now feeling so big as if it cannot even stay on your neck. And I slunk like a lizard into my room. And I had to go and cry to the Lord and have him minister to my soul. But I didn't give up and I didn't find those people again in my life. And I determined that if I ever meet you anywhere, I would prefer to walk. It's okay. Yeah. Cast out the scorner from your life. Otherwise, you see, what was happening was that the accusations were degrading. That's the first reason. The second purpose of accusations is very close. To disgrace you. To disgrace you. Accusations disgrace you in the sight of other people. When I was preparing the sermon, I was reminded of somebody. Well, when I was growing up, I grew up at the time when Michael Jackson was a top name. And honestly, as I see you people, this is your generation and the people you are produced. Honestly, I can't see any of them who even holds a candle to that guy. I, I can't see it. Both musically and yeah, I, I can't see it. I can't see it. Forgive me, I'm entitled to my opinion. Anyway, so this guy was somebody who rose from somewhere within his family, rose up to the top and was at the top for many years. But a few years before he died, if you remember, he died at the, at the age of 50. In a country where people die in their 90s and 100s. But a few years before that, an accusation arose. The accusation, it had been going around, you see, somewhere for some years. But finally, somebody rose up and picked that accusation and took him to court and said that this guy, he is a man who sleeps with boys. And it went on. The trial went on and on. I have to be honest that I had neither the time nor the patience nor the inclination to watch all of it. I was just interested in what's the outcome. At the outcome, he won the case. When you win a case, it's like we can't put you in jail. We don't have enough or we can't, you're not convinced or whatever the case may be, he was released. I want to ask you whether the man ever was as he was before. No. You see, even though he was acquitted, eh, there was this, hmm, hmm. Maybe because he had money. They didn't want to jail. You see, hmm. Hey, they say he's free, but maybe what happens is that, you see, when you go and defend yourself in the court, the, the smear is still on you. You are still, <laughs> are you there or you have traveled? You are still disgraced. You are still disgraced. And there might have been things you would have done, places you would have gone to, other things that you would have done which you never accomplished because of the disgrace that is now following you. Sometimes they give an accusation, there is no uh, substance to the accusation, and yet there's nothing much that you can do. Why? Because the aim of the accuser is that you should not be received in a place. And that if you have been received, you should be released from that place. You should be rejected from that place. Oh yeah. Can you imagine from the story I've told you, if the man had been a younger man, he was going to marry somebody. What would have happened? 
the girls from say, please, we, we are not sure. <laughs> uh, we, yeah. So even though the court has released, you know, the thing is smeared on you. Yeah. And if you're in a place, that is one of the aims. Just to disgrace you. Yes. As pastors, we are facing disgrace in this nation. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. All the good work of pastors is being brought to zero by accusations. Yeah. When you are in trouble, you call us. I remember one time asking somebody, somebody who was making a lot of noise, I told him that, do you know that when a person gets an HIV diagnosis, the first person they call is their pastor? Do you know that? Do you know the times we've gone to bail our people out of hospital? Do you know the times we've had to pay with our own money? Some of you, you've sent me texts 2 a.m. And I answer you. All of that is forgotten. All of that. I have had people, young people, <laughs> who are crazy. They are mad. And I brought them from madness back to sanity. Nobody will remember that one. But instead, you will accuse us. Ah, but why are you looking at me quietly? Is it true or is it not true? The accusations are on. Look, the media, as far as I am concerned, the media is a satanic object. And I'm saying it from here. Yeah, you are tools of Satan. That's who you are. That's who you are. Oh, you know, we are not saying that it's every place. You said pastor. Sometimes it's a fetish priest masquerading as a pastor. You get up and say pastor. Are there not doctors who sleep with their patients? But have you discounted all doctors because of that? But as for pastors, when you wake up, then the accusation, then you smear us. Talking. May God judge you according to your words yeah right now the way we have reached we'll just use our mouth yeah we'll just use our mouth you come and tell us that we are taking offering i'll say it every time i preach because i was amazed to see it because they want money they're coming to preach online you are a child of satan and i'm saying it clearly if i wanted money it's not pastor i will be i can tell you that I am a very well educated person but God called me, I put it aside to preach, if I wanted money I wouldn't have answered that call and I am following people who have done even more who could have had even more the bishop I follow could have been in Switzerland earning thousands of, of Swiss francs per month we put it aside and we are preaching then you wake up because of money you are a child of Satan I'm saying it clearly. Because of you, people, no, because giving of tithe and offering is part of our worship. There are Christians who are feeling so ashamed of it. Tell me I'm lying. They are feeling so ashamed because of the accusers. And so since they came home, <laughs> they have stopped. And because they have stopped, they have entered poverty well. Yeah. The poverty, Nana and Hriba. And then now the small lifeline that was causing a little something to go that one too yeah accusation so that you will disgrace us may you fall into the pit that you have dug yourself ah i don't know why you are worried i thought you said you are innocent you are trying to do you are working for, you are not working for god you will discover as saul discovered on the road to damascus that he was not serving god yeah oh allow me to say mm, mm. Because every time I read it, I, in fact, I don't listen, I don't read anymore because I realize that I'll become something else. They will change me from my happy nature. Yeah. 
from my preaching nature they will change me from believing the word of god the word of god says it so we do it end of story and you unbeliever shut your beak yeah shut it shut it mm. and now it is so you have come on them and this thing to to insult us i'm telling you the truth of who you are is an insult okay no problem no problem it is a fact it's not an insult you cannot stand the truth let's move on to the third purpose of you see you see how you see how the accusers cry were about to make me deviate into something else I'm, <laughs> the third purpose of accusations is to make you fall into sin hmm. oh yes after all the accusations the degradations and all that the low esteem what happens is that many people eventually just do what the accuser is saying because of a scripture proverbs chapter 23 and verse 7 proverbs chapter 23 you see the accuser is talking and talking and talking now the bible says for as he thinketh in his heart so is he if you allow an accuser to accuse you long enough you will believe what the accuser is saying are you getting it and it will lead you into something else you will do what they are saying let me read a story again i hope you like stories jesus always preached with stories yeah. and the stories help you to see the picture a bit more clearly so let me read this story that is also in our book those who accused you accuse you i remember counseling a pastor who was married to an accusatory and insecure woman this pastor told me how his wife suspected him of having affairs with ladies in the church another very common accusation he said to me i love my wife and i'm not having an affair with anyone for years their marriage continued swinging through the highs and the lows created by one accusation after another the pastor narrated how one day his wife was approached by someone who had a vision <laughs> you see the devil will always supply you with evidence <laughs> someone who had a vision that her husband had an affair with someone in the church with tears in his eyes he told me that his wife believed that lady wholeheartedly and actually arranged a meeting with him to and, and that person to discuss her vision of his adulterous affair the pastor told me how he was totally embarrassed by this encounter he lamented how could my wife believe this vision and actually arrange the meeting she does not believe or trust me I said to the wife if your husband ever has an affair with someone I will blame you you have done the work of Satan and accused him suspected him and disgraced him for many years if your husband does have an affair my love and respect for him will not change he has withstood your withering accusations for years I don't even know how he has survived she didn't even seem to understand what I was saying <laughs> are you there then I said to her, because you have accused him for so long, it will be your greatest victory for him to actually sleep with someone. Do you understand? The person has accused and accused and accused and I'm sure some of their friends are like, oh, but what are you saying? What? So, when it now happens, say, I told you! I told you! This ten years ago, I told you! Nine years ago, I told you! Eight years, uh, oh, you don't get me. Yeah. 
and it happens yeah the accuser actually wishes that the accusations will come true so that she'll be proved right in the eyes of the people to whom she has made her claim hey, very serious you see and that is why you shouldn't tolerate the accusations around you at all you shouldn't at all they even place in your mind what you have not thought about you were there you had opportunity to steal you didn't steal then somebody arises and says you are a thief it has planted into your mind the possibility that you could have taken the thing and if you don't deliver yourself from there you will do it because like, ah, if I take it nobody will see it was that your mind was not working like that till the accuser came and it is so common yeah one of the commonest accusations is this one because we know that a lot of unbelievers sleep around people come into the church marry into the church they claim they're christians and then they bring that same thing there and they say that oh the pastor is sleeping with a girl the pastor is sleeping <laughs> ah, i don't know what again you want to say hey, are you seeing that the accuser is very wicked and this is a tool he is using so effectively against christians and in the body of christ the fourth purpose of accusations to generate hatred and bitterness in the accused to generate hatred and bitterness in the accused you see when hatred and unforgiveness enter your heart your very salvation is in doubt your very salvation is in doubt and when somebody accuses you repeatedly it's very difficult to continue to love that person and after a while you may even hate that person he has now achieved what he wanted hate has entered into your heart are you there hey you are very quiet in Matthew chapter 6 going on from verse 10 downwards we have the Lord's prayer forgive us as we forgive so what are you saying if I don't forgive don't forgive me if you do not forgive what does it mean your sins are piling up yeah because you didn't forgive so Jesus Christ the Lord cannot forgive you Ah, but it's in the Bible that we all believe in are you seeing it yeah so the person so you see you think you have a reason for disliking and hating the person but actually no now the thing is turned on you it's now turned on you because you are now walking around in bitterness do you know that there are so many sicknesses that come from bitterness yes doctors have found so many links one of the very interesting ones is arthritis and unforgiveness it doesn't mean everybody with arthritis has unforgiveness i beg of you <laughs> don't start but just that there's a very strong link and there have been many people who we have seen delivered and healed as they have confessed that they had a grudge it must be a very deep grudge over a very long period of time and over time the person just becomes more and more killed and whatever from the unforgiveness and some as they let go and say i have chosen to forgive this thing they get their release it's one of the diseases it's not the only one it's one of them no wonder many 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 women have arthritis no it's true a lot of women live with unforgiveness yes things that have happened usually from the men in their lives 
There are women who the man disappointed you when you were 22 years old. You are 75. You have not forgiven him. Yes, you've not left it. You see, when you are saying, hey, it's because this your heart it has not broken before. Uh-huh. There are people whose whole lives have been steered by that. And from this one man, even your daughters cannot marry in peace without you infecting their, them with your disease of bitterness. Hey! Hmm. I used to have an aunt who used to be, her husband was very busy, who beat her up. I grew up as a child hearing her complaining. Even her voice was a complaint. <laughs> when you go and you greet and you say, Oh, how are you? <laughs> you know. Then you will hear the latest story of the man's wickedness. Then time passed. Are you there? When time passed, the marriage, of course, fell apart eventually. Thank God he may have killed her. But the unforgiveness stayed. My last memory of this aunt of mine was during a visit when by this time this man is history from your life he has gone he has gone to do whatever god has blessed all your children and they are doing well and i had not seen them in a long time and i was asking how they are mm-hmm. she couldn't even rejoice in the goodness of god that her children had not been spoiled by all the violence that was in their home that such is the effect of an accuser it will mark you and such is the effect of the hatred and the bitterness she never regained her bitter her happiness in life are you understanding what i'm saying yeah and this is what the accuser wants to achieve the fifth purpose of accusations and i'll be ending very soon he wants to bring about separation separation between the accuser and the accused so you will find in a church he will use accusation to separate the senior pastor from the associate pastor in a home he will use it to separate the husband from the wife he will use it to separate the children from the parents he will use it to separate the boss from the assistant are you seeing it and i need you to learn it now that positive words cause people to draw closer and negative words push them apart and so regardless of who you are to that person you may be a parent but if you make yourself a specialist in accusation your children will move away from you and no matter you see there's a saying children are not ears they grow so you may have been accusing and they're always there because they are not grown enough but the day that they grow you see that they will just move away the reason why the devil comes with accusation is to separate one of the things i notice as a person in leadership is that people often come to you with a story so that you will separate from other people and you must be aware of it especially if you're in a position of authority yes pray that god will reveal things to you so that you know because it's also true that you don't know everything and sometimes somebody who's coming to speak is speaking the truth but somebody too is coming to speak is also an accuser who's just coming to spoil things so that there will be a distance between you and that person there are people who are experts at telling half the story you are as much a liar 
as the person who didn't tell any good part of the story. No, it's true. You gave only half. So a person's reaction is now based on the half. <laughs> Are you there? <laughs> Without telling the full story. It's not a good thing at all. And you better be very careful because the person may have come to tell you something which is true, but it's half of the truth. It's half of the truth. There's another portion of the whole story that hasn't been kept. But the accuser is using it to separate you. I want you to make up your mind that you will not be a tool for the accuser. I want you to make up your mind that he will not be able to use you to separate other people. Amen? Oh, are you there? He does a lot of things. He makes friends become enemies because of accusation. How could you go and say this? How could you go and say that? Whole marriages have spoiled because of accusation. Somebody has come and told the husband a story that in his absence, his wife did this, that, that, and that, and that. And the husband has believed because he's just a human being. Yeah. But as he has believed it, it was a lie. And it has driven a wedge. You see. Because even if he comes later to say, I'm sorry, the wife is still, hey, you believed that person. Or the husband, hey, you believe the stranger over what I said to you. The accuser of the brethren. He has come to separate us. At times, people believe all kinds of things, even in churches. I want to end by giving you this one. I'm jumping down to the eighth point because I find it so important. The eighth purpose of accusations is to turn you into an accuser yourself. This is another of his missions. You see, when you have been exposed to accusation a lot, you become an accuser. You become an accuser. You rise up in self-defense. And then you begin to try to protect yourself. And before you are aware, you yourself have become an accuser. It is one of the reasons why there's so little unity in the body of Christ because of accusation upon accusation. And the people who have been accused have now become accusers because they didn't know that that's the aim of the devil. Today, as you listen to what I'm sharing, I want you to put all the accusations that you have released against others into one box. Go to the foot of the Lord and say, Father, forgive me. I didn't know that that was what I was doing. Then I want you to take another box. And all the accusations of people against you, put that one too into another box. And say, Lord, I throw away this, this box. I burn it with the blood, with the fire of the spirit. And I, have, I want to be released into a certain freedom of life so that I can continue and I can carry on. I want you to stand to your feet at this time. And I want you to just begin to pray for yourself. Lift up your voice and pray. Pray that you will not be an accuser. Pray that any seed that the serpent of accusation that the serpent has tried to deposit in you to make you an accuser, pray that it will be uprooted right now in Jesus' name. Pray that every accusation leveled against you will fall to the ground. Pray that the grace of God will sustain you. Talk to the Lord for a few minutes. Talk to the Lord for a few minutes. Makaba sundelebe, rima sandala ba shandala ba, roba tandala mama sanda, kema sakatari andala ba sundi. Father, forgive us. Forgive us, O oh Lord, for the times we have accused others. 
Father, we repent of it. We will not be used as tools of uh, accusation, as employees of the accuser. We will not. We just remove ourselves from there now in Jesus' name. And we ask also, Lord, that the effect of every accusation against us will fall to the ground. Let it fall to the ground and be destroyed in Jesus' name. That we will be able to walk free, free in our heart, free in our spirit, to receive from you and to follow your, your instructions. We give you praise. We give you praise. We give you praise. We thank you in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. As every head is bowed and every eye is closed. Maybe you have been listening as we I was, as I was preaching. If you have not given your life to Jesus Christ, I need you to understand that the accuser stands before God, accusing you to God, lifting up your sins to God every day. That's what we read in Revelation 12. It says, day and night, he's standing there accusing you. But Jesus has paid the price already. All you need to do is to accept that accept it that your sin has been paid for so that that accusation can no longer hold you are here you want to give your life to jesus pray this prayer after me you want to say lord jesus i come to you today as a sinner please wash me in the blood cleanse me from my sins please write my name in the book of life Lord Jesus from today the accuser cannot accuse me you are my savior I thank you for saving me in Jesus name amen and amen hallelujah God bless you if you have prayed this prayer I want you to look at the number on the screen 024 0245544532 I want you to send us a WhatsApp message or call tell us that you've given your life to Jesus Christ and we will send you a free book God bless you We believe that you have been blessed by this message for more information you can follow us on Facebook Fountain of Life Cathedral and on Instagram and Twitter at F-O-L-C-I-V-A-C. God richly bless you.